In this sermon, we learn about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, followed by a time of prayer and ministry for people to be baptized in the Spirit and activated in praying in the Spirit. Uh, why don't we just stand up and make our declaration? I think we have time to do that. So if you brought your Bible, I'd like you to hold it high up in the air, and we're going to say this out loud, bold, and strong together. This is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing. To many people, I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Just say hi to the person next to you before we are uh, seated. All right. This morning, uh, we're going to do some, uh, something a uh, little different uh, I want to uh, speak to us about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, normally, uh, if you have noticed, uh, we do this every alternate month. So you'll have this video announcement that says, you know, uh, we're having this Holy Spirit baptism service. Please stay back after the service. And, uh, you know, we do that every you know, once in two months. We do that. Uh, but, I, but I also realized that uh, not everybody stays back. And so I, we thought that the best thing to do is just bring it into the main service, right? So if you want to leave, now's the time. <laughs> uh, so because we feel very strongly about this, uh, we really believe that all of us as, uh, as uh, believers in Jesus must experience, uh, must understand and must experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, very integral part of uh, who we are as, as, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that's why we're, we're placing this emphasis. And uh, this is not the first time we've, we've spoken about it. It's been over the years. Uh, we've been doing it over and over again. In fact, every year we do it at least six times. And then every church camp, every youth camp, everywhere we go, in all our conferences, we keep doing this over and over again. Because it's a very important part of who we are as believers. So... I'm just going to speak to you. I'm just going to talk to you about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Try and explain that to us. Um, I'm just going to speak to us uh, for, for a while about the baptism. Explain that to us. And then we're going to pray for people here this morning. Uh, those who would, you like, who would like to be prayed for right here in the service. I'll pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and, and get stirred up in the gifts and, and, and begin to experience that. Uh, now, I, I do understand that... Um, Many of us come from different backgrounds. Uh, some of us may come from conservative Christian backgrounds. Uh, some of us may, uh, may come from, you know, Pentecostal, charismatic type of backgrounds. We have a mix of people here. We are all people's church. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, everybody's welcome. Uh, however, depending on how your background is and how you, you know, you may not have heard anything at all. Uh, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're not even aware that such a thing exists like this in the Bible. Or maybe you've been overexposed to it 
And, uh, you know, you had too much of it, you know, and you just intentionally stayed away from it. Whatever your background is, I only request you this morning uh, to please listen with an open heart, open mind, uh, and stay with me as we journey through Scripture for, for a few moments. And, uh, and then, if you feel inclined to, after that, uh, we're going to pray with you, pray for you. In my own personal experience, the Lord Jesus touched my life when I was about 12 years old, just before my 13th birthday. Uh, I got saved. I came to know Jesus as um, uh, my Lord, my Savior. Uh, I did grow up in a, a conservative Christian background, first the CSI and then into the Methodist. Uh, that was my uh, upbringing. I was in the Methodist church at that time when I, uh, I received Jesus uh, as my Savior. And uh, less than a year later, when I was 13 years old, I experienced this. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then began to speak with other tongues. And, uh, and I've been doing that ever since. Been praying now for decades in tongues, almost every day. Uh, spending many hours praying in tongues. There have been times I've gone straight, eight hours, sometimes more. Just praying in tongues, just taking water breaks and bathroom breaks and just praying in tongues. Yeah. So uh, this is real. This is, is, is very powerful. Uh, and uh, during that time in school, and right here in Bishop Cotton says, uh, as I personally experienced the Baptist Holy Spirit, I also had the opportunity to share and talk about that to many of my classmates and my seniors and my juniors. And many of them also got received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues. So you, you can imagine there was just a wonderful move of God's Spirit through our school at that time. And uh, many of us, you know, we were just teenagers experiencing this and, 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 and uh, uh, praying in tongues and so excited. We would gather together you know, during the lunch break or tea break or uh, sometimes even in the Methodist church, lock all the doors and doors so nobody knew what was actually happening inside. And we'd be praying in tongues. You know? uh, and no, you know, no, there was nobody to tell us that you should not supposed to do it or this is not right or anything. So we didn't have any theology to unlearn, thank God. All we had to do was find out what the Bible said, believe it, and then flow with it. And, and, and God was just doing a wonderful work. This morning, my intent is simply to take you through Scripture uh, as quickly as possible and as concisely as we can this morning to help us understand what is this baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, to help us understand that it, this is available for each one of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are born again, uh, and, and then help us to step into it and come into this place because uh, this has been designed to empower the church to impact the world. This is not a badge of spirituality. This is none of that. But this is to uh, equip the people of God to make an impact on the world. And therefore, it is so important. Therefore, we want to uh, uh, you know, place that emphasis on this uh, and, just, you know, and do this. Now, in Scripture, when John the Baptist introduced the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in Matthew chapter 3 and in verse 11, this is how John the Baptist introduced Jesus. He said, I am baptizing, and I'm just going to be paraphrasing all these scripture verses to make it simple. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, uh, but he who is coming after me, he is mightier than I, uh, whose shoes are not even worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So when, Jesus, when John the Baptist introduced Jesus, he said, what's he going to do? He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John the Baptist introduced Jesus using different uh, 
different statements. At one point, John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We all believe that. But the same John also pointed to Jesus and said, He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So he's the one who's going to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. The word baptize simply means to immerse or overwhelm or to submerge. So when a person is submerged, immersed, uh, he's really overwhelmed. He's covered completely by this. So to be baptized simply means to be overwhelmed, to be completely surrounded by this thing, by the Holy Spirit. And that's what John was referring to. Now in his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus, uh, he, when he walked this earth, he was God who became a man, uh, very different from every, any other human being. This was not just another man, not just another prophet, not just another teacher, not just another great preacher. This was God incarnate, God who became a man. The infinite God limiting himself to a finite man. Whatever could be contained in a human body, that's who Jesus was. He was walking on the earth. He, of course, spoke to us about the things of heaven. He spoke to us about the things of the kingdom of God. He healed the sick. He did many, many miracles. And what is interesting is that as Jesus ministered, whatever he did, he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. For instance, Luke chapter 4, 17 and 18 tells us, God anointed Jesus. It says, uh, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For God has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken in heart, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recovering of sight to those who are blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus did his ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter also attests to this in Acts 10 and verse 38. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed to the devil. So Jesus ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. He also taught his disciples many things about the Spirit. And you read a lot of this in John's uh, Gospel in chapters 14, 15, 16. I'll just mention some of them. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit as the comforter. He said, the Holy Spirit will come. He'll be your comforter. He will comfort you. The Holy Spirit will come. He'll be your teacher. He will teach you all things. In John 14, 26 and also in John 15, 26. He said uh, in John 16, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he said in John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to teach you everything. He's going to reveal to you what the father is speaking. So all this, the Holy Spirit is going to work for you, in you. But he also said some important things. In John the 4th chapter, he said, John 4, I think is the 14th verse, Jesus said, He who believes in me, in him he will have a spring of water springing up into eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, you've got a spring inside you. I'm not talking about spring, but I'm talking about water spring. (laughs) So if you believe in Jesus, you have a spring inside you that is welling up, springing up into eternal life. So it is inside you. It's giving you eternal life. But in John 7, he also said, John 7 verses 37, 38, 39, he said, he who believes in me out of his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. So in one he said you'll have a spring. In another he said you'll have a river. 
So every believer has to have a spring and has to have a river. The spring is internal. It's what blesses you. It gives you eternal life. The river is what flows out of you. It's the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to bless other people. Are you with me? And then he says in verse 39, John 7, 39, it says, But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Meaning, this river he was talking about, and notice he said it's for all believers. He didn't say it's only for the pastors, the preachers, and those who've been Christians for 10 years. He didn't say that. He said, he who believes in me, you will have rivers. You'll have rivers coming out of you. It's a presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. And it says here, the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Meaning to tell us that this river that he was talking about was an experience that believers were going to have after Jesus was glorified, after he ascended into heaven. So it is coming up soon. So we know what happens in the Gospels after this Jesus Christ was uh, crucified on the cross. He died for our sins on the cross. He was buried and he rose up the third day. And then he showed himself alive to his disciples for 40 days. There were at least 500 eyewitnesses to the resurrected Jesus. I also want you to bring to your attention something. When Jesus was on the earth physically, his own brothers and sisters did not believe in him. John chapter 7. But what's interesting is, after his death and resurrection, in Acts the first chapter, you find his brothers and sisters in the upper room praying with the rest of the disciples. Meaning they became believers. Which is a powerful testimony To the fact that Jesus Christ indeed rose up from the grave. Because they didn't believe in he was when they saw him in flesh and blood. Something had to happen for them to believe after that. He rose up from the grave and they said, man, this is real. It's more than just another brother. He is who he said he is. So in in the now, after Jesus rose up from the dead, he showed himself alive to at least 500 eyewitnesses. They saw him. During one of these occasions when 12 of his disciples were in the, uh, uh, gathered together in a room, the doors and windows were all closed and they were praying. Uh, they didn't know what, you know, what's going on here. The one they believed in was, seemed to be crucified and uh, he's alive but he's not always present there. Suddenly he comes into the room through the wall. He comes in and they were scared. He tells them peace to you. This is in the 20th chapter of John. And in John chapter 20, verse 21 and 22, the Bible says, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So what did he do? He breathed on them. So since I have the mic, I can do... This is just an illustration. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he gave them the commission. As my father has sent me, I am sending you. Go. You've got work to do. But interestingly, right after that, he told them, but I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from above. 
This is in the Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 47 and 48. In 47, he says, you are witnesses of these things. Luke 24, 47. And in 48, he says, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, you're endued with, endued with power from above. Now, the question. If he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit... Why was there a need to continue to tell them? Why was there a need to tell them you'd still need to wait in Jerusalem because you've got to receive power? Why was there a need? Because when he breathed on them, that was the time they were born again. You could never, you could not be born again until Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead. So they breathed on them and they were born again. You're born again by the Spirit. This is that spring within you, giving you eternal life. Every believer is a temple of the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. The Holy Spirit is there within you. But in order to be a witness for Jesus Christ, you and I need to be clothed with power from the Holy It's the same person, the Holy Spirit, just doing two different works in the life of the believer. One, he's releasing a spring inside you, giving you eternal life, giving you new life, the new creation birth experience, which is within you. But the other one, he's clothing you with his power so that his presence and his power can be released through you like mighty rivers of water to bless people. Amen? And Jesus reiterates this in Acts chapter 1. This is the final day, the last day. He's going to ascend into heaven. And on on that day in Acts chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, he reminds them once again. He says, you know, John indeed baptized you in water for repentance, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit a few days from now. So he's calling that upcoming experience as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Remember, they were already born again when he breathed on them. But now he's saying you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And what is this purpose of this baptism of the Holy Spirit? He explains it to them in verse 8 of Acts 1. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Acts 1 verse 8. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses. You know, the only reason... Uh, one of the let me draw that saying only reason. One of the main reasons why you and I are here on earth is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Amen. The world needs a testimony, and you and I, you and I are here to be a witness for Jesus. We're not here just to be church members. We're not here just to be part of a nice, cozy little church and you know hear nice sermons on Sunday mornings. We are here to be witnesses, and the purpose of the church gathering is to equip you to be a witness. Because if we fail to be a witness, if we fail to impact our world, if we fail to make a difference in our city and across our nation and the nations of this world, we are wasting our time here on earth. Amen? And that's why he's left us here. Say, but pastor, I need to get married, I need to build a house, I need to... All that's good, but be a witness. That's why he put you here. And in order to be a witness, he said, you will receive power. And you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, let me ask you, how many Holy Spirits are there in the Bible? Let's take a guess. One, three, seven, or nine. Try again. One, three, seven, or nine. One. 
the same Holy Spirit who was upon Jesus of Nazareth. The same Holy Spirit who released his power when the woman with the issue of blood touched him. The same Holy Spirit who, who flowed through Jesus to cast out devils and heal every manner of sickness and disease. That same Holy Spirit comes upon you and me. Not a junior Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Amen. So you will receive that same power. As on Jesus, receive power. And you'll be a witness for me. So how are we to be a witness for Jesus? By the power. By the power of the Spirit. I mean, we thank God for all the modern technologies we have. You know, nowadays, uh, many of us, in many of our churches, the signs and wonders we have are all the PowerPoints and all the other flex banners. Those are only signs and wonders, you know. But that's not the signs and wonders the church is supposed to have. The signs and wonders every believer is supposed to release on the earth is the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not against all these flex banners and PowerPoints and all that. That's nice. But we need something more. We need to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. So here are these disciples. They follow the instruction of Jesus. Jesus sent into heaven. The next 10 days, they are waiting in Jerusalem. So they probably rented a, a, a first floor room in the city of Jerusalem. So it's called the upper room. And about 120 of them were in that room. Now, consider this. It's such an interesting thing. There were 500 people who heard the command of Jesus saying, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they actually saw him ascend. But only 120 showed up in the upper room. What happened to the remaining 380? I don't know. But it's pretty sad. So 120 of them were in this upper room obeying the command. They said, Jesus told us to wait. There's something more coming. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming. There's power coming that's going to make us witnesses. Maybe the other 380 didn't want to be witnesses. So, okay, we'll leave it to the others to do it. I don't know. But these 120 were in that room. They were praying and they were continuing for for 10 days, there was one heart, one mind, just praying and seeking God. And on the 10th day, which was the day of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost is a harvest festival. So 50 days prior was the feast of the first fruits, the, 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 the emerging of the first crops. 50 days later, the harvest so Jews from all over that region have now moved into Jerusalem. The population of Jerusalem has increased about 10 times more. Probably from 10,000 to about 100,000 people. The city is crowded with people. Jews who've come into Jerusalem from all around that region. From Syria, from Turkey, from Crete, from maybe even the northern Africa. All the neighboring regions. They've all come in by ship, by road. They've just come in and uh, they're, flocked, they're packed, packed out Jerusalem. And on that day, the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, suddenly there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind. A wind just kind of blew, blew through that whole room, the upper room, where these 120 disciples were. And tongues of fire descended upon all of them. And they began to speak with other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is what Jesus called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which would bring the power of the Holy Spirit into his people to empower them to be his witnesses. This is it. 
And so they began to speak with other tongues and this whole noise coming out of the first floor of this building. Uh, the crowds gathered down the road all around saying like, what's the noise coming? And they realized they were hearing the languages of the uh, the, the language of the play, language that was spoken in the places where they came from. So just imagine if there were people from Karnataka, they were hearing, hearing them speak in Kannada and Telugu and Malayalam and Tamil. And it's like, how come we are hearing the, these languages coming from these people who are Galileans? They're just localites. And we, they're hearing them speak in all these languages of the places far away where they've never been to. And, uh, and, they, you know, the crowd just gathered together and some people came up to the upper room. They took a close look at what was happening and one very intelligent man said, I know what's happening. These men are all drunk. The only problem was they were speaking the wonderful works of God in other languages. We wish drunk people did that, you know. So he goes down and says, you know, these guys are all drunk. So Peter gets up, he comes down, there's a big crowd listening. And Peter says, men and brethren, listen to me. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And then he begins to explain to them what was happening. He said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. 700 years before this, the prophet Joel stood up and he spoke and he said, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And all flesh includes you and me. Amen? So put your right hand up and say this with me. All flesh includes me. God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. On me. So He says, in the last days, I will pour out My Spirit on all, everybody. He says, on your sons and your daughters. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Upon my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit. So God said, I'll do this in the last days. And Peter says, hey, this is what's happening. Joel spoke about it 700 years ago. It's happening here. And I'm sure, you know, Peter did not learn that in Bible college. But he got it by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. At that moment, Peter said, oh, man, that's this he preached. He must have been taking notes from his own sermon, you know. This is that. And then Peter explains to them, saying, you know, you killed the prince of life. You crucified him. But God has raised him. This is Acts chapter 2. But God has raised him up and made him sit at his own right hand. And he has poured out this, what you see and hear. So he's saying, look, this is testimony to the fact that Jesus Christ has been raised from the You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a powerful testimony that Jesus Christ is alive. And then he continues in his sermon. I want to bring our attention to Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. They're very important. Because in his sermon, Peter says in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will receive remission or forgiveness of your sins. For the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice he's offering to the crowd. He's saying, listen guys, if you turn away from your ways, you believe in Jesus Christ, you're baptized in his name, your sins will be forgiven and you will also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this is a gift. Amen? Meaning that you and I don't, can't get it because we deserve it. This experience of the Holy Spirit is not given to us because, you know, I am, you know, I've been a Christian for 10 years. 
or I read my Bible seven days straight the last week, or I prayed two hours this morning. None of that. This is a gift. It's given to whoever believes in Jesus Christ. Amen? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is given by God as a gift to every believer. Not because of anything we've done to merit it. The only requirement is you believe in Jesus Christ. This is a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And notice what he says in verse 39. Very important. For this promise, seeing this promise, is to you, is to your children, is to all who are far away, meaning those in Bangalore City, and to as many as the Lord our God will call. Is the Lord calling people today? Yes or no? That means the promise is valid for us today. Amen? This promise is for as many as the Lord our God will call. It's for us today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us today. So what happens to the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes upon us, bringing in the power of God into our lives, empowering us to be His witnesses. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now think with me for a moment. If we had an electrical problem in this building, who would you call? The pastor? The bishop? The doctor, the carpenter, or the electrician? Let's try it again. <laughs> Some people might call the pastor, you know. So I just said, bishop. if there was an electrical problem in this building, whom would you call? The, pa- the electrician. <laughs> You'd call the electrician. Now, when the electrician comes to fix the problem, what would you normally expect him to bring? His certificate, his uniform, or his toolbox? When the electrician comes, if he walks in with his certificate, that's nice, boy, but hey, that's not going to fix the problem. If he walks in with his uniform, that's nice. But that's not going to fix the problem. You need to come with your toolbox. As believers, the Lord has sent us into this world to be his witnesses, to bring healing to a broken world, to save the lost, to destroy the works of darkness, to bring people out of darkness into his marvelous light, to provide healing and salvation and the works that he would do, he has sent us to do it. How should we go into this world? With a nice Christian uniform, with our baptism certificate, or with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are the tools God has given to us as believers to go and fix the problems of a dying world, a hurting world. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are simply tools through which the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is released through our lives to bless other people. Amen? So if I want to be a witness, if we want to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, don't forget your toolbox. Tell your neighbor, don't forget your toolbox. Come on, tell it like you mean it. Come on, let's be strong. Don't forget your toolbox. All of us as believers, we need to be walking around with our toolbox. What is the toolbox? It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, 
There are nine gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. I believe there are just many, many, many more gifts, many, many more ways in which the Holy Spirit manifests. But there are just nine of them listed for us in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 7 through 11. Paul talks about it. He talks about the gifts of healings. Working of miracles, the word of knowledge, prophecy, word of wisdom, tongues, interpretation of tongues, the discerning of spirits, the gift of faith. He mentions nine gifts. And these are gifts of the, let me hear you. These are gifts of the spirit. It doesn't say these are gifts of ashes. So it's wrong to ask somebody, how many gifts do you have? I mean, how many gifts of the spirit do you have? None. But the Holy Spirit has me and he's got all of them. Because these are not gifts of ashes. These are gifts of the Spirit. So don't go around asking other people how many gifts of the Spirit do you have. They don't have any. It's the Holy Spirit who has them. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and me, He brings all of His gifts, not just the nine, but I believe there are just many, 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 many more ways in which the power of, his, of the Spirit can be released. And of course, these nine are there, are included. When He comes, He brings these nine gifts into your life, these nine tools, ways or methods by which the power and the presence of the Spirit can be released through your life and mine. And every believer has access to all nine and more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 31, he tells the believer, covet earnestly the best gifts. Covet earnestly the best gifts. What are the best gifts? The best gifts are the set of gifts that are needed at that moment. So depending on the nature of the electrical problem, uh, the electrician will pick out two or three tools to use to fix the problem. If there's another kind of problem, he will take another set of tools to fix that problem. Similarly, for us, when we are serving people, when we are ministering to people, we are to covet earnestly, earnestly desire the best gifts, the sets of gifts that are needed for that moment. If a person is sick in their body, what would be the best gifts? I think the gifts of healings, the gift of faith, and the workings of miracles. That's the best gift. It's okay to have prophecy, but you know, he really needs healing. Now a person is in good health, they don't have any problem in the body, but they're feeling a little discouraged. What would be the best gifts? The gift of prophecy. Would it really help, really encourage them? At that time, they don't need healing and miracles. They're all fine. Are you understanding me? Or if a person is facing a very complex problem in life, a complex situation, uh, they're fine physically, they're strong, but they're facing a situation, what would be the best gifts? The gift of the word of wisdom, and maybe the gift of the working miracles to bring about a change in that situation. Those would be the best gift. And who is supposed to desire these gifts? Come on, guys. We... You desire the best gifts. So it's Lord, I just want some healing here to take place. I want some wisdom here to help this person. Uh, God, I want to release a miracle here to change that situation. Those are the things we are supposed to desire. Now, the Bible does say that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one as He wills. Meaning the Holy Spirit, is, it comes according to His will. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is more than willing. The question is, are you? The Holy Spirit is always ready to glorify Jesus Christ. To do whatever it takes to glorify 
Jesus. The question is, are you and I ready? Are we willing? Are you with me, guys? You tired now? All right. So the gifts of the Spirit are available to all believers. It's our toolbox. We must learn how to flow in these gifts. And one of these nine gifts is that of speaking in other tongues. Is that of praying or speaking in these other languages. And what we see in the book of Acts is that this was a pattern that was followed throughout. As people believed in Jesus, they were prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, one of the first gifts that begins to operate, not the only, is that of speaking in tongues. They begin to speak in other tongues. Now, there are only five recorded instances in the book of Acts when it's recorded for us about people being prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In almost all of those cases, we see people speaking with other tongues. In one case, they also prophesied. In one case, it just indicates that something supernatural happened. So when we, are, when we pray for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Just receive by faith. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. He'll baptize you. He'll bring the power of God into your life. He brings all His gifts into your life. And anything can happen. Everybody say anything can happen. The power of God can be manifested in any way. So some of us may have visions, we may have dreams. Maybe you're already asleep, so. <laughs> we may have visions, we may have dreams. Uh, uh, we may, you know, the, the Spirit of God can come down on, on us like rain. We feel freshness. We, he can come down like fire. I mean, you start feeling like burning. He may feel, come like the cloud. You feel heavy, weighty presence of God. Uh, anything can happen. The power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit can be manifested, expressed in any way. You may have prophecy coming forth. You suddenly feel like you're hearing God saying certain things to you. You may receive words of knowledge. Healings could begin to take place for you, through you, around you. Anything thing can happen when the spirit of God comes but one of the things we always encourage people is to step into praying in tongues because that's a common thing we see happening in the book of Acts. but I want you to keep in mind anything can happen you must start praying in tongues you must speak in tongues you might prophesy anything can happen when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit something is going to happen anything can happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. So now you have your toolbox. Now you have access to uh, these nine gifts of the Spirit. Now you're ready to go out there and be a witness for Jesus Christ. We, of course, have to be trained in how to use the tools. You know, so you, the electrician needs to know which tool to use when and how to use it. So we need some training on that. We will provide that as we, you know, as we continue. There are books available that you can use. Um, uh, but that's part of our equipping, that we are trained to learn how to use the gifts and just bless people. You know, a couple of days, there were young people, the young people, the team that went to Orissa. Uh, we told them, okay, you're going to be prophesying to these 75 students. Some of them never heard, done that before. The only way you're going to learn to swim is jump in the pool. And it's nice to put them in the pool over there because nobody's going to hold them responsible. Right? <laughs> no, they're not going to come back and say, hey, you said that. This, you know. And there, it's like nobody knows them. So just take the step of faith. So many of them are trying to prophesy and, and ministering to people. It's just wonderful. So they hear other tools for us to minister to people. But you've got to take that step, the step of faith. Are you with me so far? Yes. And we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. Galatians 3 and verse 14 says, we receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. We receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. 
It's like Peter stepping out of the boat and walking on the word. Jesus said, come. And when he stepped out of the boat, he would have normally thought, hey, this is going to sink. It doesn't make sense. People don't walk on water. But because his word has says, come, he steps out of the boat. He walks on the water. When he steps out of the boat, I mean, there's all winds and waves blowing. He says, hey, this is dangerous. No. His word says, come, walk on water. Same thing with the gifts. Every gift is exercised by faith. It's you taking a step out of your boat. So when, you, when we tell you to start praying in tongues, say, man, this doesn't make sense. I haven't learned the language. I didn't pass Hindi. Man, how am I going to do No, this is a language, as Paul says, tongues of men or of angels. So whatever the language the Holy Spirit gives you, you take that step, get out of your boat and start speaking. Say, but this doesn't make sense. My mind doesn't understand. It's so confusing. My mind is telling me I'm making it up. Where are these sounds coming from? Hey, those are the winds and the waves blowing. But his word says every believer will speak in new tongues. You take that step and you start praying in tongues. Why? Because the Bible says God who searches the hearts, he knows what the spirit is saying. And speaking in tongues is such a powerful thing. It gets you ready to exercise all the other gifts of the Spirit. Because speaking in tongues is the only gift that is given for your personal benefit. The Bible says if you speak in tongues, you're building yourself up. You're speaking mysteries, things which your mind doesn't even know about. It brings rest and refreshing to your inner man. It builds yourself up on your most holy faith. Uh, Speaking in tongues, you draw strength from the Holy Spirit to overcome the weaknesses of your flesh. A complete teaching is available on this book out there, The Wonderful Benefits of Speaking in Tongues. It's a complete teaching on this, and I, we won't have time to do this here. But on your way out, you can take that copy and read it and understand the benefits. So this morning, in a few moments from now, when we pray for people to be baptized, the Holy Spirit, and receive it by faith. Say, God, I receive it. God is more willing to give it to you than you are ready to receive. He's been waiting all this while. So you escaped all these Sundays, not today. So all you have to do is get under the shower. Hey, it's raining. Get under the rain. Say, God, I'm ready, Lord. Pour out, pour out your spirit on me. And that very moment, when you say that, he will pour out his spirit upon you. He is faithful. This has nothing to do with who, you know, how good you are or bad you are. No, this is a gift. As long as you say, God, I'm receiving it, it's yours. comes upon you. That moment, you receive it by faith. You start thanking him for it. And then anything can happen. And I'd encourage you to you know, say, Holy Spirit, I want to speak in tongues because this is going to bless me. And every believer can pray in tongues. Uh, uh, this is going to bless me. And then, and then you, you stop saying anything in English. And you step over, take the step out of the boat, and start saying whatever comes out of your spirit. You'll feel some words coming. It may, be, you know, it may, be sound, it may sound silly. Some words, some syllables. But you by faith begin to speak. And as you keep speaking, more and more words will come out and the language will just flow out. And then every day you pray in tongues. You can spend hours praying in tongues. There have been times I've spent eight hours straight, maybe more more than eight hours straight, just praying in tongues. Only water and bathroom breaks. Other than that, just praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Why? It builds up your inner man. It gives you access to mysteries which your mind doesn't know. So it's a very powerful thing. It gets you ready to flow in all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So church... We don't want to be a nice, comfortable, you know, church. We want to be a people who are filled with the power of the Spirit, who are making a difference in this world. Amen? That's why we want all of us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We want to be on fire. 
We want to be desiring the gifts of spirit anywhere out there in your office, in your college, on the road. Man, you've got to be passionate about the gifts of God anytime, anywhere. I want to use me. I want you to use me, God. That's the kind of people we want to be. We want to be on fire for God, for the kingdom of God. Enough of a nice... Oh, I forget the word. I can't get the word I'm looking for. <laughs> that nice, really prim and, prim and proper church. And cozy, make me feel good church. Now, let's be on fire. Amen? Now, what I'm going to do is this. We, don't have, we don't, do not want to force anybody. We don't want to push this on anybody. So, we're going to formally close the service. We're gonna, I'm gonna, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to close the service. And those who need to leave are free to leave. We're not going to record your name. We're not going to take any photographs. <laughs> Who's leaving the service? None of that. There is no compulsion whatsoever. You may have some other engagement that you've planned right after the service. Uh, you may have other commitments to, uh, to go to. So if you want to go, you are absolutely free to go. But what we're going to do is uh, if we just give two minutes for people to exit. And then we're going to go straight into prayer. I'm going to lead. It's going to take only 20 minutes. So we'll be here till about 1250. That's all. I'm going to lead us all in a simple prayer. About just saying, Lord, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are we going to do that? And the Holy God is faithful. He is waiting to pour out His Spirit on each of us. So the Spirit of God will come on all of us. We'll all be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We receive by faith. Anything can happen, but something will happen. And uh, I, I don't know whether you may have some dreams, you may have some visions, you may have the prophetic words, you may have God coming doing something in your life. Uh, and, 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 and I'd really encourage all of us to take the step to begin to pray in tongues. We've got, got, got to get everybody, because this gift, all the gifts are available for all of us. And so I want to encourage every one of us to try to exercise that gift of praying in tongues. So I'm going to, we're going to spend some time to encourage people to do that. Many of you will start praying in tongues right here this morning. And uh, what I will also have to do is, those of you who will stay with me, uh, stay here after we dismiss. If you're already baptized in the Spirit, you already pray in tongues then I'm going to ask you to come forward and help us pray for people. So you're going to just pray in tongues. Just go lay hands on people. Just encourage people to pray. And they will start praying in tongues. This morning it was wonderful. Uh, in the North Church, many of them started praying in tongues and having other kinds of you know, wonderful experiences. So the same things will happen here. God will do wonderful things. Is that okay? Right? So why don't we please stand to our feet. I'll call our worship team up just to you know, provide some soft, gentle music that will bring God's presence. Help us just you know, soak in the presence of God. And uh, we're going to dismiss, and then we will get into praying and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So uh, those of you who like to remain, you're most welcome to. If you need to exit, if you need to leave, that's perfectly fine. No compulsion whatsoever. We'll get you another Sunday, right? Let's pray, please. Father, we just thank you for this morning. and That God, your word is true. You're faithful, God. You're watching over your word. And you've been faithful to your word through the ages, Father. And even this morning, you're faithful to pour out your spirit on every person, on all, pers- all flesh, every person, God. And Father, even as we get into this baptism of the Holy Spirit service and as people pray, we ask that you'll do a powerful work. We just bless everyone who needs to exit. We bless them as they go, that, that even in their homes and wherever they are, Lord, you'll pour out your spirit upon them as well. Thank you, Lord. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us always. At this time, those of you who would like to exit, you're most welcome to do that. Those of you who are baptized in the Holy Ghost, who pray in tongues, would like to help us pray for other people, I would request you to please come to the front and just face the congregation. If you'd like to help us pray for other people, could you come to stand here so that in, in a few minutes we can start praying for others? We'd also need some people up on the balcony to pray for other people. So if you are already baptized in the Holy Ghost, want to help us pray, just come here. We'll be here for about 20 minutes. We'll do this quickly. Please come. We're going to pray for other people. Uh, some of us can be up in the balcony to pray for others as well. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, as we just get ready to pray, I just want, um, Anand is going to just share a little testimony of how, what the Lord did in his life and got him to experience uh, the Baptist Holy Spirit. Let's just listen to that. 2004, I uh, was, uh, became a born-again Christian. But for two years, I was continuing to do what I was doing for the previous two decades of my life. I came five times for the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, and nothing happened. The sixth time that I came, I started speaking in tongues. And on my way back, I realized that uh, alcoholism left me completely, cigarette smoking left me completely, abuse left me completely, uh, and I was made a new creation. It's a decade since that has happened. My marriage has changed. My life has changed, my work has changed, and truly, when the Holy Spirit comes, you do become a new creation. Amen. Amen. So this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives. Anything can happen. He can just touch our lives in ways that we can't describe, ways that we can't even imagine. And that's what's going to happen this morning as we just pray together for people. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to lead us all in a simple prayer just to help us receive this baptism. Just to help us receive this baptism. I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. And uh, as you pray this prayer with me, please do it by faith. Do it because you want to do it. Don't do it because I'm telling you to repeat it, but just say, Lord, do it because you really want to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon your life. You want the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life. You want God's power to flow through you to touch others. And as soon as we finish praying, then you just start thanking Him. And that moment, He's going to just baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to just encourage you to pray in tongues. I'll give you some instructions at that time how to do it. And... Uh, at that time, others will come next to you. All those who are here will come next to you. Just pray with, pray with you. Pray. They'll be praying in tongues. And they'll pray with you. They'll help you. Are you ready? So let's just pray this together. Those of you who want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit this morning, just pray this prayer with me. It's just a help for you to ask Jesus to baptize you. 
Could you just say this with me? Lord Jesus, I believe in you. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. My life is yours. And Lord Jesus, I want to be a witness for you. And I want the power of your Holy Spirit to be a witness for you. I want all the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing through my life to help me serve people and to help me meet the needs of people. Lord Jesus, baptize me now with the Holy Spirit. Let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon me now. Pour out your Spirit on me. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's mine. Thank you, Jesus. I've received it. I've received this gift. I take this by faith. It's mine. Thank you, Jesus. I declare that right now, I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I have, been, I have received the power of God in my life right now. In Jesus' name, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm blessed. I'm empowered. I'm equipped. And I'm ready. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Just go ahead and thank Him now. Just thank Him. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just thank you for a few minutes. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you for what you're doing right now. Even by simple faith, even as we have prayed, as we have received, oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. We thank you for pouring out your Spirit on every person. Thank you, oh God. And Holy Spirit, come do wonderful things, do powerful things. Come like the wind, come like the rain, come like the cloud, bring refreshing, oh God. Come like the fire that burn, burns and changes us, oh God. Come as you will, oh Lord. Do something powerful in every person's life. Manifest your power, Lord. Release the gifts now, Lord. Release the gifts. Now we need to take the step of faith and begin to exercise the gift. The first gift that we want to desire right now is to speak in other tongues. See, the Bible tells us to desire it. So I want you to desire it. So I'm going to help you in a simple prayer just to help you get started in praying in tongues. Uh, and one very important thing, you cannot speak two languages at the same time. So after you finish praying this prayer, don't say anything in English, but expect to speak in tongues. Okay, don't say anything in your known language, but expect the language of the Holy Spirit to come out. You have to speak it. It's going to be your voice. It's going to be your vocal organs. You have to give voice to it, but the language is going to come from the Holy Spirit. So let's just pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for baptizing me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you that all the gifts are in me. And Lord, I desire to pray in other tongues. Let heavenly languages come out of my spirit and help me speak in other tongues. Now, 
As a believer, in Jesus' name, I speak in other languages. Just thank Him now for a few minutes. And then don't say anything in English after that. You start speaking whatever comes out. Now, those of you who are going to pray with others, please go find somebody and stay. Stand next to them, just pray in tongues. Just go, stay, move around, find somebody. Just pray as you pray in tongues. Just go to them, ask them. If they don't pray in tongues already, just stand next to them. You pray in tongues, all right? Now, you don't say anything in English. You're going to feel like something coming out of your spirit. I just want, to, want you to give voice to it. It could be any language on earth or in heaven. Languages of men or of angels. Things that we have not learned. It's a language given to us by the Holy Spirit. For us to commune with God. For us to strengthen our own spirit. So I'd like you just go ahead. Stand next to somebody. Even if nobody comes ne- next to you. Because there are so many of us here. Right where you are. You say, God, I want to speak in other tongues. And then open your mouth. And just start saying whatever comes. Whatever comes. You, you just take the step of faith. Open your mouth and say it. I'm going to speak in tongues right now, but I don't want you to copy me. You don't have to say what I say. You don't have to copy the person praying with you. Just speak in tongues. That's more. Those of you who pray in tongues, go to somebody. Just pray with them. And uh, just pray. Let's pray. Everybody. Even if no one comes to you, you by yourself, you say, God, I want, I want to pray in tongues. Desire that gift. First gift. Let's start. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.